0: My name is Amanda Van Annen. Join me and my co-host, Chandra Lynn as we take you beyond the beauty myth and get face to face with reality. This show covers most topics every modern woman wants to talk about. Finances, relationships, wealth, personal development, branding, and how to find purpose and discover your true, authentic self. Hi guys, welcome to Beauty in the Feed. I'm your host, Amanda Annen, and with me in the other side of the studio as normal is Chandra Lynn. Hi, Chandra. (laughs) Hello. (laughs) Hello, world. Well, guys, you know, I've been talking to you a lot about health and wellness, and last week we had Desiree Lotz. And so we decided to have another guest that's an expert on health and wellness, because as we all know, some of us are hitting that perimenopause stage, while some of us are still young and fit and beautiful, and others... Just want to know how to keep fit, eat well. And our guest today is called Amber Shaw. So Amber is a body transformation expert and founder of the Wellness Revolution, motivational speaker, and internationally recognized authority in health and wellness industry. Amber is the founder of The Wellness Revolution, a leading global movement for thousands of women to empower them to rediscover their confidence and create a body that looks as good as it feels. Her mission is to help millions of women heal their relationships with food and themselves, while empowering them to transform their lives, love their bodies, and create lasting results. Amber, Welcome to the Beauty and the Feet podcast.
1: Ah, <laughs> uh, thank you so much. I am so so excited to be here. So I really appreciate it, and I'm looking forward to it.
2: Welcome, and you can see why we have Amanda doing the intros. Her voice is so beautiful. <laughs> so beautiful. I, when she did my intro, I just wanted to like keep it on. I wish I could have framed it somehow. <laughs>
1: it's so funny. That was the first thought I had. I was like, I just want her to do all my introductions. So that exactly. was amazing. Yeah, perfect.
2: So beautiful, Amanda.
0: Thank you. So, Amber, let's talk about you. I mean, I've been reading a lot about what you do about the whole health and wellness thing. One question we always ask our guests is, "What was the journey like?" Is health and wellness something you always wanted to do, or was it? Did you discover this?
1: You know, it's really funny that you ask that because I just was really thinking about this a lot yesterday. Just of kind of where, if I could try and pinpoint like where where this whole thing really started for me and. I have to say that I realized so much of my story and where I'm at now and why I feel so passionate about coaching women and particularly to, you know, get off the crazy train of dieting, as I say, and really heal their body with, with food and the way their relationship with their body. It really stemmed from when I was a kid that really started the whole journey for me as to realizing that I was uncomfortable in my own skin by the age of like nine or 10. And so that for me, these body image issues and feeling like I, I was never really an overweight kid, but I was very athletic. I looked bigger than I was bigger than a lot of the other girls and boys. And I developed very early on, you know, by 13, I looked like I was 18. And so during that time, I think even for my parents, my mom and my dad, there wasn't a lot of self like awareness going on about how to talk about diet and body and all of that with your daughter. And I think we've come a long way in body image and just the word diet and my mom constantly getting on the scale and all these things, these are things that really had such an impression on me at such an early age. And in looking back, because I've you know done a lot of therapy and you know really done a lot of inner work, I really watched it kind of progress into my life, into my 15s, uh, into my teens, starting my first diet, moving on into my 20s where I was bulimic and I was very fortunate to have professional help to be able to kind of back my way out of the physical act. But I never really healed myself for the what was going on inside of me and healed my relationship with myself. And so it just really started this whole lifetime of just constant dieting, constantly wanting to be something, be in a different body And moving into my like 30s, when I had my kids, I gained about 65 pounds. It seemed to me for whatever reason, the magic number with both kids and I was more so than ever, so uncomfortable in my body. And I would lose the weight. And it's really funny from, I hear from a lot of people that I went to school with and I grew up with and like, we never knew that you were, you know, that this was going on with you, that you felt so uncomfortable because from the outside looking in, I was a very confident person. I was not overweight, but I was really, really sad inside about the way I felt about myself. And so It just really progressed into my 30s and just still really struggling. And I would say kind of like the the big aha moment for me of how I knew that I not only needed to really fix myself, but then how could I take the work that I've done and then share it with others and turn that into something positive was. In 2018, my marriage really imploded and I was also getting ready to turn 40. And so I had to ask, I started asking myself a lot of hard questions about what was making me happy in my life, what was not making me happy, what did I want to do with my career? Because at that time, I was in about 16 years of a very successful sales job. And so at a very pivotal moment in my life, I went did a yoga retreat at the for my 40th birthday to just try and create some space for myself and get some answers get some clarity because i was in a really traumatic time in my life in the middle of my marriage falling apart and through a lot of just inner work and asking some questions i've really decided that my purpose and passion was to be a coach and so Yeah, that was in 2019. And I immediately came back and took action and got into the Institute for Integrative Nutrition to do a year-long program and re-upped my personal training certification because I had that in my 20s. It wasn't to be a personal trainer. It was really just to, I was fascinated. It really kind of went along, honestly, with like my obsession with like fitness and all that stuff. And that's really kind of it. I know it's kind of a long-winded answer, but it was really such a crazy twist and turn of how... It all happened. And then I will say just the crazy thing that really kind of solidified for me of exactly what my role is and when coaching women as far as, you know, with weight loss and helping women heal their relationship with food was I got on TikTok right when the pandemic hit. And um, I saw a marketer talk about growing your business on TikTok and I thought, okay, well, we're just going to give this a go. And I did, and it changed my life forever. I grew a following by just being able to really relate with other women over 40 that are sharing a lot of the same struggles. So anyways, that's, yeah, that's kind of how it came to be.
2: You know, I think that your story and thank you for sharing it is one that so many of us can relate to, you know, and it's interesting because, you know, we're, intelligent, attractive women. And it's, you know, imagine what other women that, you know, aren't as fortunate have to go through. It's like, it's just, this a really difficult inner struggle. And you're right. A lot of times we can present, I don't necessarily, it's a facade where it's like a side of ourselves that's confident, but inside we can feel like we're struggling. And I also went through a situation where I, when I got pregnant and I gained I think I may have gained like 40 or something pounds, but there was this a little panic inside of myself, like thinking I'm never going to be able to lose it or, you know, I'm on this slippery slope, but it's never going to be the same. And I went on this big fitness challenge, you know, bodybuilding.com, you know, kind of wanting to transform, you know, all of that type of stuff and threw myself into what is going to be the most transformative experience that I could put myself through to not go down that road. I think a lot of us, worry about, you know, okay, well, now that we've had kids, our bodies are never going to be the same. And we're just going to have to accept that. And I don't think we totally have to.
1: Absolutely not. And I think that it definitely what came for me too. up for me is when you said, you know, you kind of panicked inside a little bit when you had that. And, you know, for me, I think I realized that so much of my self-worth Was so attached to the way that I looked on the outside that yeah that that really sent me into like a total tailspin. Uh, It was like who am I if I don't look this way? Who am I? I, I'm less than if I don't look this particular way. And so I think a lot of women, especially after kids, our bodies change and where our priorities we don't have time as much anymore to spend on ourselves because we are pulling a lot of different directions. And so I think what happens. a lot of women. And this is, you know, I I talk to women every day that this happens is that you have kids and your self-care, your health, all of that sort of gets put on hold. And then you wake up one day and the kids are older and you're looking at yourself in the mirror and you realize how miserable you feel in your own skin. It doesn't have to be that way that, you know, I love that you said that. Yeah.
2: And Amanda being a model, I mean, you know, this has got to be part of your focus as well. I think it is a big
0: part of my focus, health and nutrition. I never took health or nutrition seriously for a long time because I just, you know, I guess it's like most of us, you're just there, you've got a good body, you're there, you don't really think about it, you eat what you like. And then I must say in my thirties, you know, I started noticing all of a sudden I'm getting the, you know, and you... Part of it is body image. Part of it is feeling comfortable with yourself, right? Cause you know, you're like, oh, I'm getting the stomach. And then I've got friends who've had kids and they can't get their body back. And you know, our hormones change and you start finding mm. out that, oh my God, I'm eating the same things, but nothing's happening. <laughs> I'm, I'm like not getting skinnier. I'm on a diet, but I still got the cellulite. And we get, I think part of it is also all the societal expectations of us as women. You know, because we think, oh, cellulite's no good. Oh, you've got to have a flat tummy. You can't have fat on your arms, but it's part of what we are. You know what I mean? And what Amber does, which I like, is the fact that you're teaching women how to be healthy. It's not about becoming skinny, it's not about, you know, just like dieting for dieting's sake. It's a whole 360 thing. But one particular question I wanted to ask you is, for listeners out there that are over the age of 40 or 50 and are coming into this stage where, you know, all the hormones are just doing what they want. They're realizing the same things don't work anymore. The same foods don't work anymore. Your body's changing. I remember when I was younger, I'm going to tell you something that's really funny. I used to look at women, I'd look at all these women, like maybe in their fifties or, you know, older. And I'd be like, I said to one of my girlfriends, I'm like, how come the knees get so big? You know, and I'll be like, because <laughs> I used to think this was, because I was like, did you see a picture when she was young? She had thin legs. How did her hips get so wide and her knees get, big? <laughs> <'Cause> I was, <laughs> and you know, it's yes, so nice. It's not yeah, but it's also body changes, right? Our bodies and I think there's a lot more body changes. It's a lot more than fat and the muscles change as well. Mm -hmm. Our muscles change, our the whole thing changes. So maybe Amber can tell us a bit more.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, this is definitely so much of part of my platform and working with women because I do coach women specifically over 40 and the hormone piece of it and just the changes. And this is why I felt when I first went into coaching, I didn't really know that that was going to be my jam. I didn't know that women over 40 was going to be my demographic, but I realized there's such a need, I think, in the dieting culture, in this world for coaches that are over 40 that can relate to women women over 40, because if I am so sick and tired of hearing, you know, some of these younger coaches that just say, oh, well, you know, if you just want to lose weight, you just got to cut your calories, just calories in, calories out. And You know, the truth is, is that that is a piece of the puzzle. Calories are a piece of the puzzle, but wow, it is not the only piece. And, you know, I always find it really interesting. You try telling a woman that's 50 years old, who's eating, you know, 800 calories a day and can't lose weight, then tell her it's calories in, calories out. Like, I just think it's ridiculous. And so I do think that you're right. Over the age of 40, especially, you know, 45, 50, especially as you get up into that menopausal range. There's a lot of considerations that need to be taken into account. Number one, over the age of 40, your body loses about a half a pound of muscle per year. So not only is that going to to contribute to your body composition, right? And your, your ratio of muscle to fat, that's a big piece of it. But also that affects your metabolism. So as we age, that metabolic rate drops. So you're right. This is why so many women wake up and they're like 45 or 50 and they're like, I don't understand everything that i used to do i'm eating the same stuff i'm doing the same stuff but i'm gaining weight and i can't figure it out and that's because because of our hormonal changes because of the recompositioning of our body and the, you know slowing down the metabolism and all of that that is what happens. We have to change what we're doing. So then the question becomes, okay, so what does that look like? What are the things I need to change, right? What my kind of top things when I coach women and they come to me and they're they're struggling with that, right? There's that kind of that same scenario is, number one, I absolutely, my first question is, well, how much are you eating, right? Or are you eating enough food? Because so many women, especially women that have been stuck kind of in the dieting vortex, as I like to call it, for so many years, what they don't realize because they've been fed that message of calories in, calories out, which again, there's definitely some science behind that. And that is true, calorie reduction, all of that. However, I think the message that is not said a lot is that you can cut your calories to a point of no return, meaning you keep cutting what you're intaking and your body is so intuitive it will adjust. Your metabolism adjusts. And when you get to the point where you are eating continually, eating less than what your body needs, your metabolism is going to slow down. You're going to halt. You're not going to be losing any weight. So Because of our body is changing, always asking women, you know, are they eating enough food? I absolutely recommend strength training even more so. I get asked all the time, women over 40, how should we be exercising? And even more so because in order to combat the drop in the metabolism, you absolutely need to start doing some strength training that is going to help fight that. And then, you know, the other thing that I say is really important, I think for women over 40 is that you can no longer afford to look at food as just calories in and calories out. The quality of food that you're putting into your body absolutely matters. It's always mattered. But when you're in your 20s or 30s or whatever, there's a little bit more flexibility there. You're not having a lot of the same, you know, the hormonal changes and all of that. And so it's even more so important now that you are focusing on foods that are going to fuel your body reducing a lot of the processed and packaged foods, reducing a lot of the sugar in your diet. And that is kind of more of like a clean eating lifestyle, but that's how you use food as medicine to balance your hormones naturally as best as possible, to fight off disease, to fight off inflammation. So I definitely think that yes, our body is changing over 40 and there's some really some things have to change. You can't keep doing what you've been doing all along because you'll get to the point where you realize it's not working working. So.
2: Well, you know, I think that the women over 40 age group, you know, let's just say we're kind of the slim fast generation, right? So you're dealing with this programming of (laughs) 1200 calories and two shakes and a salad, (laughs) you know, that's kind of this programming that we have. And, and many of us have had experiences where that has worked for weight loss, right? But then there's that yo-yo dieting and you're in all of that. And then we've come into this newer age of, Organic food and learning more about superfoods and processed foods and you know saturated, unsaturated. I mean, we have so much knowledge now that I think what happens is you went from this super simplified two shakes and a salad to like if you're not getting your macros blended with your superfoods with your right calories. It's not too little, not too much. Like there's so many apps and things, and I think that. It's all to say that that's why having a really great coach can be really helpful because if we're not specialists and we take this input, it's very hard to process it to make it be A program that specifically works for you because it can work for other people. And the other thing I wanted to say, because okay, you guys, in two less than two weeks, I'm gonna be 51. I feel like I have gone through exactly what Amber is describing with having a kid and dealing with that, getting into strength training and deal with that, figuring out what good for you foods are and not good for you foods are. So I'm like on a high horse about this because it really is so crucial. And the sooner that you can get into it, the better, but that it's confusing. I have to say, Amber and Amanda, both, I'm still confused at 51. What works for me? I know that I have some things that totally do, but there is that temptation to resort back to two shakes and salad. Okay. Because some of it gets overwhelming. And so I do think having coaching to work on your specific situation and body style. You know, are you an ectomorph, mesomorph or endomorph body style? A lot of people don't understand that. Maybe learning your Ayurvedic doshas, you know, there's all these layers of knowledge that can, can be used to help you, but play, is it confusing, So I imagine you run into that a lot, Amber.
1: I mean, absolutely. You know, I do agree that we are all individuals and what works for one definitely does not work for the other. I think how I feel about that though is that you know, find something though that you are going to stick to and make it a lifestyle. Whether that is Ayurvedic medicine, where whether that is you decide that keto is what is your jam, right? I think the problem is, is that we have so overcomplicated it because we are impatient. A lot of times we don't take care of our body on a consistent basis. We're not able to be very consistent. Then we wake up one day and we're like, oh my gosh, I got to shed 10, 20 pounds or whatever it is. And we jump from one thing to the next. And we. your expectations are that you are going to drop those 10 or 20 pounds in a month or whatever, you are being way too restrictive to ever possibly sustain that long-term. And what I've found is you're right. There's a lot of things that can work, but it really comes down, honestly, to just being consistent. When you are a little less perfect, when you're a little less perfect, you can be a hell of a lot more consistent, right? And so, you know, that, yeah, I mean, that's really what it is. And what happens is, is that we start something and we're impatient. We go all in and we're like, okay, I'm going to go on a diet or whatever it is. I'm going to eat really well. And we're like three weeks in and we're like, man, this yeah. sucks. I haven't allowed myself anything and I'm not <laughs> seeing very many results. And then you get off and you want to go to the next thing. And in reality, if you would just stick with it and allow yourself, uh, you know, that pizza on the Friday night, and then, you know, you're, you're eating pretty well, 80% of the time and just stick with, with it and be patient, then that is the answer. That is the key. And so there are a lot of different things at work, but a lot of people lack the patience to be consistent for sure.
0: So another thing I wanted to talk about is I wanted to ask you about supplements, because I think that also plays a huge role because, you know, Chandra was talking now about all the stuff about like the nutrition, all these diets, everything. But I know supplements play a huge role because sometimes we, we're we deficient in certain supplements. And for example, I take something called, I don't know if you know it, called NMN. I'm it's not- N-M-N. N-M-N. NMN. It's a supplement that was discovered by Dr. David Sinclair and they did a um, test in mice and it actually kind of reverses age. And I mean, you can find so much information of it on, online. You just Google Dr. David Sinclair and there's lots about it. And when he first came out with the research, cause he's uh, at Harvard and he, when he came out with the research, all these supplement companies came up and they all started selling NMN. So I take NMN. Now you have to take it first thing in the morning and you take it with resveratrol, you know, which you have to take with some fat. There have been studies done on NMN and even he gives NMN to his 80-year-old father who hikes up mountains and stuff. And what it does is it actually helps us retain more muscle mass and actually reverses aging. So you don't get, I mean, I've been taking it for like a year now and I don't know if it's working or not personally, but then saying that, I mean, I do look a lot more younger. Most people think I'm in my twenties, even though I'm almost 40 now. So, (laughs) Yeah. Oh, maybe the base.
2: NMN is working. <laughs> it's working. Well, and it's, and you're such a beauty. Yeah. That's great tip. I'm going to have to look that one up. I'm not familiar with that. I mean, and I've definitely had a lot of supplement recommendations oh, yeah. over the years. And the challenge that I have is that, you know, I'll look at all the supplements I should be taking and it's a lot. I can't choke all that down. I've learned certain things to put in my smoothies that are, you know, taste good with a smoothie, like a collagen powder or, you know, or flax. And, you know, we could get into all kinds of smoothie additives here, but I think that it it goes back to not really being sure and almost doing it just to cover your bases or just to think that, oh yeah, somebody said I should do that because it's, I'm often deficient. I mean, I definitely know people are deficient in D and B12 if they don't eat meat, but outside of that, I don't know how deficient we really are in everything. And if that's just such a, a individual type, of thing that it's hard to recommend certain things. But yeah, I mean, that's again, another reason to work with a coach and figure out what you actually need.
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, the supplement world, it's just, even I, you know, I'll walk into a Whole Foods and before I know it, I'm like down the rabbit hole. Like, you know, I've got $700 worth of stuff in my cart. What's happening here? Yeah. It's, you know, and I, I, for me, when it comes to supplements, I do think that we can absolutely go a little bit overboard on them. And I think that you're right. Sometimes that's such a a good way of putting it is that I think we take a lot of stuff to almost like cover our bases because we're just not sure. And we are like, I'm going to throw it. And if it sticks, great, like no harm, no foul, right? Um, We'll pee the rest out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Totally fine. I do think, and I realize that not everybody has the financial means to get to like an integrative functional medicine doctor or integrative medicine doctor to actually have a lot of these blood work done to See literally what vitamins you are deficient in. I mean, ideally, that's the best way to go about it. So you're not just wasting money, and you know, put and you know, sometimes with supplements, you can overdo it. You might be just fine in vitamin B, and you are you know, like taking too much. So. I mean, the amount you'd have to take to like really overdo it, you know, I mean, that's a lot, but I'm just saying it's more so that you'd be taking something that you don't necessarily need. So I definitely think getting to, if you can get to the doctor, even, you know what, even if you don't have the means or if you live in an area where you don't have access to and I live in Atlanta, so we've got, I've got access to a lot of integrative medical doctors, holistic type doctors that are going to do actual blood work on you. But if you don't even have the means for that, at least stay on top of getting to like your gynecologist once a year, they can do some basic tests. Like gynecologists can absolutely test for D, which is a big one. And you're right. Most humans are deficient in D. So. There's other vitamins and minerals that they can test for. It gets a little bit more expansive when you go to more of the integrative route. So I would say that, you know, start there. And then I think that for me, when it comes to supplements, I like to just really stick to the ones that are, Either like we can't usually produce on our own, like a fish oil is one that we, well, let me back up. I will also say, first of all, I highly recommend getting things from your food first, right? Like you can't eat processed and packaged foods, eats a bunch of garbage and then expect to throw a bunch of pills down your throat and it's going to be effective, right? So the most, the best way to start to make sure you're getting all the vitamins and minerals is, is eat a more balanced diet, right? So there's that. But when it comes to the supplements, I would say I've got a list of just a handful of ones that I think are pretty important. And I think, especially for women over 40, and I definitely think vitamin D is one because a lot, again, we have it, you know, getting vitamin D from the sun. A lot of us are just don't, are not out as much. And we, you know, it's not as big of a variety from food. So I think vitamin D is one. In my opinion, probiotic, taking a probiotic, which is a supplement you can take to balance the good and the bad bacteria in your gut. I think that one's important because especially for women over 40, your gut health actually regulates more of our hormones than we, a lot of us realize, right? They're just scratching the surface on how incredibly impactful our gut health is on our overall health. And so I think that making sure you have good gut health is important. So I think a probiotic, I think vitamin D, I do think that magnesium is another one that can be really important as well it's one of i think it's the fourth biggest mineral in the body it regulates so many different reactions in the body and it can help with sleep it can help with we all know a lot of women over 40 struggle with sleep it also can help with anxiety and stress and depression so and i mentioned um fish oil as well. So there's really just like a handful that I think can be really important outside of that. I do think it, it comes down especially to the individual. I am a fan of collagen for sure. You know, just really beefing up the elasticity in the skin and the joints and the bones and all that. So Yeah, I do agree, though, that supplements, you can go down that rabbit hole before you know it. Like you're, yeah, exactly. Taking a lot of different things. Our last
2: guest has a calcium-magnesium combo supplement called CalMag that she sells on her website, Desiree Lots. And yeah, I think that she also recommended a formula, which we're going to post a link to soon, that has a lot of that kind of food-grade nutraceutical kind of thing that you can add to your smoothies and that can be really helpful. I personally take a multivitamin for women over 40. I think that's kind of my insurance policy and I don't take it every single day. I take it a few days a week. I think that's just make sure I don't overdo it, but I think that already been regulated for that. One time I went to a doctor and I said, You know, I get really nauseous taking all, all of this stuff. And she recommended a prenatal vitamin, even though I'm older. And she said, Yeah, those are formulated for women um, who, you know, may be pregnant and having nausea. And so if you do get nauseous from your vitamins, that might be a solution you can ask your doctor about. But yeah, I think that it was just I was every time I take a multi, I just feel kind of sick. And that did help me out a lot. I just wanted to make sure I was getting the right thing. I said, so it's not bad for me to take a prenatal, even though I in there. She's like, no, it's fine. I ended up switching to one that's specifically for women over 40. I would say there's a lot more out there.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I would say, you know, a couple of the things that you want to look for when you are picking up a supplement, because there are a lot of good ones out there, but there's a lot of garbage out there. Supplements are not as regulated, especially in the United States. And so you want to make sure, well, yeah, I'm sorry. They are regulated in the United States. It's when they're getting them from like China and overseas and stuff. So you want to make sure you pick a supplement that is made in the USA and you want to also make sure that it is third-party tested. That's a big one. You can look on the back of your supplement and you want to make sure that it says somewhere on there that it's been third-party tested and it's made in the USA. And you have, obviously that is going to increase your chances of it being a quality supplement because otherwise you don't know what you're getting. There's not a lot of regulation there. So yeah, that's an important one. Good tip.
2: I have a question. What is the deal with the lower belly fat? Okay. I know we've talked about cortisol. I mean, people have talked about cortisol being something that increases as you get older. And it just seems like, especially during perimenopause, I will do strength training and, you know, with some, you know, I'm not a huge cardio person, but I love to hike. You know, I'll definitely move my body. And it seems like even when I look good all over, I still have a little bit of that pooch I cannot seem to get rid of. Do you have any tips for that?
1: <laughs> oh, you know, gosh, the, you know, and it's really funny. I talk about belly fat a lot. It's not just with women. I can't even tell you how many men are like, oh my God, yes, how do I get rid nice of belly too. fat? Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's just, it is a really hard thing, especially for women as we age and as our hormones shift and how our body redistributes the fat. And you know, the thing that really stinks is that spot reducing isn't a thing. It's just not, right? Like you can't spot reduce. And so a lot of it with belly fat, as we age, a lot of it is genetic as far as like how your body is going to store that. I would say the biggest thing, and again, it kind of talks goes back to a lot of the fundamentals we were talking about earlier, which is reducing a lot of the processed and packaged foods. And if you have the the best chance of reducing it, right? Like sometimes I know for me, belly fat is the last to go. It's the first I can notice it in my body. Like when I feel like I'm Mm -hmm. feeling more bloated or I feel, you know, like maybe I've gained a little bit of weight. It's definitely the first show up and definitely the last to go. Yeah, it's so, so unfair. Rude. It's so rude. So rude. It's so rude. so <laughs> rude. And you know, and I know for me, I've had two kids and I gain a lot of weight. I mean, my the elasticity in my stomach is not the same also as it used to be when I was younger, yeah. which makes a huge difference too, right? It's just yeah, it's not as tight and compact as it was.
2: Of course, it's always great in the morning <laughs> and then by the evening it I, I, okay, so now I'm I'm definitely a proponent of morning sex because you got the morning ads, <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah, you're, you're like, oh, no, it's cool. Yeah, <laughs> like,
1: same, same. I'm good with it. Doctor, <laughs> what
2: is that? <laughs> yeah, no,
1: I think. Yeah, exactly. I'm totally with you. I think that you know, it go- like I said, kind of going back to some of the fundamentals. I think your best chance of really. Helping that is to absolutely be more mindful of the food you're putting in your body. I think cutting down on sugar and the processed foods, but then also, yeah, definitely making sure you are doing some strength training and some core work. But again, I just want to say that with caution that I don't care how many sit-ups that you're doing or, or core work that you're doing, you know, it really does have to do with Kind of your overall body fat and, and the rate at which your body will release that. So um, I know it's just really one of those unfair things as we age. It's so, so,
2: so rude. So rude. You know, I'm so rude. Well, so combining the strength training with HIT training has helped me because I'm not a big steady state cardio person. Other than hiking, I I get bored as hell. Like I cannot be on a treadmill for hours. I just, it's just not who I am anyway. So luckily, I didn't go that down that direction of just being one of those cardio girls, I definitely, and my body is definitely more of a mesomorph. I can gain muscle pretty well, but I noticed when I combine it with HIIT training, where it's high intensity intervals that that can, and I hate doing it. I think it's painful, (laughs) but that it seems to be the most effective blend for me. Have you guys experienced that at all? Or what other tips do you have regarding your training?
1: Yeah, absolutely. You know, as a trainer, that is the style of workout that I teach. It's an interval training combined with strength training. I can tell you that I have been an athlete my entire life and in my 20s doing just strictly strength training. I mean, super strong, pushing seriously heavy weight, like all the things, all the way up through my 30s. And I can tell you that this style of training, when you combine interval training with strength training, the HIIT training with the strength training, it is hands down the most effective workout that I've ever done At 42, I'm absolutely in the best shape of my life. And it's because of that. I'm working out less, you know, I'm doing four days a week of it. Anything more than four days a week of like a HIT training actually can be a little too much hormonally for women over 40, just with cortisol levels and the, how that can affect some of the other sex hormones. So you want to be mindful that you're not overdoing it. If you are somebody that's getting back into an exercise program, I know sometimes we can get excited and fired up. We want to do that. <laughs> yeah. We want to do that kind of training like every day, but it's really, you're not doing yourself a good service there. So I've found that when you are able to do that style training, you only need, you could get a 20 minute workout in and it is 10 times more effective than doing 45 minutes on the elliptical. So your body getting your heart rate up and down like that and really improving your cardiovascular and then also incorporating the strength training. In my opinion, it is by far the most effective way to burn fat like that. And I mean, I don't know about you, but like you said, I get bored too. Like I don't want to, who wants to get on the elliptical for 45 minutes that to me is awful or like 45 minutes or an hour yeah,
2: the audience of Beauty and the Beat don't have time no, for that
1: nobody has time for that absolutely so
2: and I, right, I am especially Amanda she's like the busiest girl I know putting out a book and <laughs> flying all over the world and I just yeah, she just so inspirational is. and still looks like a million bucks a question I had
0: for Amber though was if someone was listening to this and you know they're at home. They've not done any training. They've, You know, they're just, they're thinking, I want to change my life. I want to change my body. I want to become healthier. Where do they start? Because sometimes it's hard, you know, like you have to build up the stamina, right? You can't just start strength training instantly. Do they start by getting personal trainer or if they can't afford it. I know that one of the main things is they have to have certain foods, you know, like start with their food, get rid of processed foods. I just wanted very clear, simple way for them to start because for the average person that maybe cannot afford to go totally clean and they still have to eat processed foods and they want to exercise, but maybe they don't have money for a gym membership. How can they start basically?
1: Yeah. I'm so glad you asked that. I think that's really important. Mm -hmm. I think the, the, the first thing that you can do to just start educating yourself and just start making, start looking at labels if you are somebody that needs to still out of convenience or for it's a money situation or whatever you need to still buy stuff in a box or a package or whatever it is just start paying attention to the labels right my rule of thumb is that if something has more than five or six ingredients in it and those i cannot pronounce then i'm i'm going no. to try and find something else right there's we've come so far in i think the food industry where they've really started to be more aware and put stuff in a box or a package that is a little bit not as processed and not as or even if it is processed it's not as you know complicated ingredients things that you know sound like they're from a 10th grade science class right like you can just start educating yourself and just start there by just is it simple does it look like there's food in this or is there lots of chemical names that I don't really I don't really understand and so then if the answer is yes well then just start take a minute right take a minute to maybe look at some of the other options you might find that oh, wow. Actually, there's something here that I didn't even realize that that is very similar. and it just seems like a lot more simple. It's not as chemically. It's not as, you know, full of you know, maybe some toxic stuff that you're putting in your body. So I think starting to go with labels. And then I think the other thing is, it really goes back to so much of what we learned when we were a kid. When it starts, when you think about clean eating, that can sound like very daunting. Oh my God, that means I have to buy everything organic. That means I need to go to the farmer's market. That means I need to do this and that. And it doesn't have to be that. It literally can be going back to what you learned as a kid, like in your little fifth grade health class or whatever it is, is get more vegetables. If you can't afford to buy all your vegetables organic, look up online and look up the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15. That is a really good place to start. The Dirty Dozen is what, like, the top 12 that are the most, the the environmental working group, they do a test every year and all the, like, the fruits and vegetables, and they determine which ones are going to be the most toxic as far as how much pesticides they're putting on them versus which, if you can't afford to do everything organic, which ones are going to be ones that you could really get away with, you know, if you had a choice not going organic. So it's the Dirty Dozen and the Clean 15 start there, right? Let's just start there. Start incorporating more vegetables in your diet. Start incorporating some good fats, right? Go for the some avocados and some nuts and some seeds. You know, the things that you know, nut butters, all of that. You can really just start to slowly kind of swap things out in your diet. I don't ever recommend going in and doing like a complete overhaul, dumping everything in your pantry and like starting over because you're not going to stick to that. Just keep it simple. Start to make some simple changes that are really that's going to allow you to be more consistent. And those are going to be the dial movers. So, yeah, getting more vegetables, starting to shop the perimeters of the store as opposed to going in the inside aisles. That's usually where more of the processed and packaged foods are. And then as far as an exercise program, You know, I was talking with somebody about this the other day and where they were talking about, you know, if you're first getting going with the exercise program, it can be really intimidating to like go to the gym if you don't have the means for a personal trainer. Obviously, if you do have the means to do a program, like with someone like myself that does fitness component to my programs as well, or you can have access to a trainer, just like anything, they are the expert. It's going to be the best way to get going, but not everybody can afford that. And I appreciate that. So If you are somebody though that has some hesitations about going to the gym because you don't feel like you know what you're doing, you're a beginner. One of the positives that happened with the pandemic is there are so many at-home programs now that are more financially accessible to people. YouTube is another great resource for finding- I was gonna say that, yeah. YouTube is another good one as well. But I also think though- Sometimes we put so much pressure on ourselves to like, we have to get in, we got to start this five day strength training program. We have to do all this and do all that. And I think that it can really be as simple as just starting somewhere of get outside and go for a walk around the block. You don't have to do a sprint around the block. Just start moving your body. Start getting into your body again. Start getting those endorphins going. Start working up a sweat. Figure out what you like. Maybe that is having dance party with your kids or whatever, you know, in the mornings or the evenings or what your partner or whatever, or by yourself, uh, naked in front of the mirror, which is what I do every day. What does that look like to just move your body? So I think if we can really... When we start more simple and take a lot of the pressure off ourselves, I think that's where you start to gain momentum. I think that what we make it hard for ourselves when we want to go in and totally, you know, overhaul our our food and our exercise and everything. And then we get discouraged when we're not able to stick to it. So start simple. Start simple is what I say.
2: Great. great. One of the things that I also think really helps is when you look at what you can have instead of what you can't have. Because sometimes people will say, you know, I can't have my favorite foods and this and that. And they're looking at everything from the things that they don't like to do or they can't do anymore. And there's so many things that we can add in That just make it better. Like you said, add in the vegetables, you know, add in some form of exercise that you do enjoy and focus on those things and not so much what you can't have and what you know, you know, don't like to do. And I think that's just a little mindset shift that can really help with the consistency piece that you were talking about, which I totally agree with because I personally am a strong starter, and then I have a hard time sticking with it. Recently, I tracked 161 days of tracking food on an app, and that took a lot. There was a few times I was just ready to give it up, and I thought, oh, I don't wanna track anymore. And I'm not saying people need to do this. I Just for me, I wanted to start to look at patterns and things like that, so I was tracking. A lot, but I noticed that like you said, three weeks or so I could have a really strong show and then I'm just like, eh, like I feel like okay, I've done it, but yet I'm not really done with <laughs> with meeting my goals. So anything you can do from mindset really seems to help me stick with it especially knowing I'm a starter and not, you know, and having a hard time as a finisher. Sometimes. <laughs> well,
1: I want to tell you that you're not alone with that. And this is where I see the biggest hangup. And this is so much of a piece of what I teach when I teach women, uh, sustainable weight loss. The problem is, is that when we start some of these programs, the, the difference between I think clean eating and really learning how to incorporate like satisfaction and moderation into that, like when you're able to incorporate satisfaction and moderation, that's a lifestyle right there, right? When you just are focusing on the clean eating, that can be just another diet. And so I think what happens is, is that the first step is actually getting rid of this whole notion that there's good food versus bad food, that you, some foods are you can have and some foods you can't have, right? Or you can have like a cheat meal right? So for me, all that kind of thinking, right? Like cheat meals and I can have this or I can't have that or whatever. All that does is kind of, number one, I think it perpetuates binge mentality. And then number two, I think it really sets you up for failure because you're not alone with that because we can only hold steady to that kind of like restrictive regimen for so long before we're like, this sucks. Like I'm, I don't want to do this anymore. And so I think that one of the key things to establishing a lifestyle is number one, getting your mind around that if you have some weight loss goals, it's going to take a minute, right? Like stop thinking, you know, you have to think about it. Like I'm in it for the long haul, but I want to be able to enjoy some pizza and some wine on a Friday night. And I'm going to, you know, I was talking about kind of eating more clean, like 80, 85% of the time and allowing yourself some of those indulgences or during the week, you know, you really want something sweet. Well, allowing yourself something sweet, you don't have to necessarily eat the entire cake, but have a couple bites of it. Being a little, as I always say, again, being a little less perfect is going to make you a lot more consistent, right? So <laughs> yeah, that's such a big, big thing that I hear a lot of. And I struggled with it myself too, because I was, again, such a cereal dieter and I would be like all in or all out, right? It's just like one or the other. Yeah, um, yeah. So, yeah, I totally get that.
0: I totally get it, you know, because it's just the way it is. So what Amber is saying is that, you know, you just start the journey. You don't have to be 100 percent perfect. So whether you're looking at your food labels, walking around the block, which I've started doing walking a lot or just like. Cutting out certain foods doesn't mean you have to cut out everything, but just take action because with slow action, you'll start seeing results. And with those results, you'll get better and better and better at it. Amber, so it's been great having you on the show. If people want to find you, where
1: can they find you? Yes. Oh my gosh. I would love to connect. So on Instagram and TikTok, Mm -hmm. I'm Ms. Amber Shaw. So Miss Amber Shaw and um, (coughs) my website, ambershaw.com. I'm also um, releasing a podcast next month that I am super, super excited about. Actually this month, it'll be in July. So the end of July, it's the wellness Mm -hmm. revolution. And this podcast is really going to be geared towards women over. 40. And we're going to be talking nutrition and fitness and relationships and mindset and really just all things life after 40. So I am really, really excited about it. And again, that's coming in uh, late July.
0: Okay. So guys, you've heard that. Look out for Amber's new podcast, The Wellness Revolution. It's going to be on Apple Podcasts, I guess, Spotify and all podcast platforms. You can find Amber online. She just gave you her website And really think about your nutrition, ladies. Really think about exercising. It helps you live longer. You look better for it. It's just life-changing. So Amber, thank you so much for coming, giving us all this amazing information. Any closing comments?
1: No, I just, you know, I I totally agree. I do want to emphasize that. It's just, yeah, start small. Focus on changes that are really going to turn the dial long-term, right? That's the key. So yeah, absolutely.
2: This is one of my favorite topics and I feel like we can talk about it all day. So we'll either see you on your podcast yes. or we'll have you back on ours. But we, we love having you as a guest. <laughs> oh my God. And thank I you so it. much. Thank you. I'm yeah, so you. grateful.
1: Thank you. Yeah, well